Hey, good morning. Uh, it's a bit weird, <laughs> a bit different. Um, yeah, I uh, just want to sort of welcome those of you that are here. I thought I'd just sort of um, chill and chat for a while while some others join. We've seen that there's 12 people watching at the moment. I know um, that we've got some who are watching in groups as well. Hello to the, everyone at Anna Harper's place, five of you there. Hope you're all at least a metre apart. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've got some cool things sort of planned for this morning. Uh, a couple of things I want to share with you, just sort of unpack where we're going from here. Uh, hi to Bo, who's down at the church. Um, slight miscommunication on, on, on my part there. Uh, but I'm going to comfort stream from, from in my home. This is the first time that it will be socially acceptable for you to come to church without pants on. Uh, but Emma insisted that I should probably wear mine. So, yeah. Um, Pam, I can't see you. Can you see me now? <laughs> I can see the comments, but there's like a 20 second delay between what I say and what you see. So we might jump backwards and forwards a wee bit. Thank you, Jess, for the pastor's cup. Taylor, that's offensive. I have good style. It's the perfect balance between this is Emma, and this is me. So we've got that happening and it's going to be a good time. Uh, Emma and Taylor are watching in the bedroom. So Taylor thinks I'm officially world famous on television. Uh, you might have seen her contribution this morning, welcoming you to start at 10 o'clock. So um, yeah, just going to wait a couple more minutes while people tune in and then I'm going to get underway. I've got some scriptures that I want to share with you this morning. If you've got your Bibles, and you want to start looking them up, we're going to do a little bit of Matthew, a little bit of Mark, and a little bit of John. Uh, Luke's getting left out this morning. Uh, and we're going to do a bit in Acts as well. So, yeah, make sure you get that ready. It's all in the New Testament this morning. Ah, uh, oh, cool. Baba, Amber Co. So good to have you with us. Uh, a few more in. And... Cool, cool. Oh, weird, I can hear my own voice through the iPad. Let me turn that off. G'day, Jane. G'day, Claire. Oh, i got the mother-in-law watching now. Better behave myself. Um, yeah, hope you're all doing good. Uh, make sure that you, you know, throughout this comment, I'll take a look every now and again. Um, I can see the little love hearts float up when you click those two or the laughing ones. So if I make a good joke, you can still laugh. I can still know that it's okay. Um, remember to check on your extrovert friends. At this time, normally we're reminded to check on our introverts, but it's your extroverts that are struggling this time. We're alone and, and, and isolated. Um, yeah, but yeah, and also uh, one of the other things that we want to do is with the sad face, with the um, emails that we're sending out, I want to encourage you guys, one of the things that we're trying to do as a staff is make sure that everybody feels really connected to the organization by sending out regular emails, uh, regular correspondence and different ways to connect with you. One of the things that I've found has given me just this little boost and a high is when I get a reply to one of those emails. Um, and so, yeah, I guess being a little real at the moment, we want to be, we want you to be connected to us, but actually as a pastor, I want to feel connected to you as well. So don't be afraid to reply to those emails. If I get 100, I get 100. It's okay. I, I love interaction with people. So um, make sure you do that. 
Welcome Margaret and Barbara. I assume Dave Doreen's there with you too, Margaret. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, hey, how about we make a start? Uh, I'd like to open with a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll get into this. Father God, we want to thank you for the privilege of being able to gather this morning in a different way. Uh, Lord, although we can't be together in person, the joy of the technology that we have uh, brings us all together across the network. And Lord, we just pray that this morning we would feel together united by your Holy Spirit, by your presence. And so God, we just pray this morning that you would speak to us, that you would comfort those who are struggling. Uh, and Lord, you would give us a real sense of excitement and clarity around what it is that you are doing. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, yeah, so so this this week's been different. Um, I was saying, if you saw the stream last night that we did briefly, uh, on Tuesday I sat down with the staff and I said to them, look, let's, let's make a plan. Let's make a several stage plan uh, for what happens as we're gradually able to only meet in smaller groups and as we're gradually able to uh, not meet at church and all these sorts of things. And we sat down and we went through a whole bunch of that and by the end of, of Wednesday, we, we'd, we'd reached a stage that wasn't on the document. We'd, we'd got to the end of it. So that's how quickly this has moved for us. Uh, I'm sure it's moved just as quickly for you in your homes or in your jobs. Um, I, don't, I don't know personally uh, how many of you are being affected by um, this in an employment way. Again, I would love to know so that I can be praying with you. Uh, but this has gone quite quickly. I think that the... The whole world has kind of been caught by surprise by this but at the same time it's great to be on the front foot rather than on the back foot it's great to be able to um you know put things in place now uh before before something becomes a big problem you know uh, particularly as we think of those in our community uh in our church community who are um and and in our wider community in fact who are elderly or in other ways compromised with their immune system uh we, we want to do everything we can uh, to protect those people before this becomes a problem. Uh, many of you now will have heard the news as well that we have a, our first official confirmed Marlborough case. So that brings everything, excuse me, a lot closer to home. And so, again, we're starting to now look at what, what we've done is we've asked that all of our life groups be put on hold. Uh, not necessarily permanently, um, because we know that actually life groups are going to probably become an important part of the church going forward. Uh, but at least in this stage, just while we, we just really, because everything's going so quickly, it's easier to pause, reevaluate, and then determine a course of action. So um, we we thank you, for, you know, for respecting that. Um, obviously, some of you are gathered this morning to watch together. That that's great. Um, practice your hygiene. Practice your your, your, your whatever. Um, but there will be no official uh, BBC Life Group events in, until further notice. Um, what else do I need you to know? Uh, I'm good. I've just got back from Auckland. Uh, Emma's got a little bit of a cold, um, but you might have seen the video. She's jumping around on the bed this morning with Taya, doing all that, that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about church going forward uh, after I've shared a little bit of a devotional thought with you as well. So um, how about we do that, eh? Uh, there's a few scriptures that I've been reading. Uh, and this first one I want to start with is Mark chapter 4. Uh, verse 35 to 41. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to come with me, otherwise I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 31. Sorry, verse 35. 
This is the story of Jesus calming the storm. And it says, Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him, as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious uh, sorry, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you care that we're all about to die? Feels maybe a little familiar to some of your immediate reactions. Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and waves obey him? And, and so I've been, I've been thinking about this. Um, you know, it's probably a verse you might have come across in other devotions. Um, it's one of the go-tos when we're stressed or when we're feeling uptight. Um, because there's this, there's this dramatic difference between the disciples in the boat and Jesus in the boat. The disciples are panicking, they're uh, worried, they're, not, they're uncertain. In fact, they say they think they're going to die. Uh, and in the midst of that, Jesus is sleeping. And, you know, I, I often joke, um, you know, I, my father used to say to me, if you can keep your head in a situation where everybody else is losing theirs, you haven't understood the seriousness of the situation. Um, but I think in Jesus' case, that's probably not true. And in the current circumstances that we're in, there's one of two approaches that we can take. We can be uh, nervous, we can be uncomfortable, we can be scared, we can be fearful, or we can have what Jesus had. And that's where I kind of started to think about this whole thing. You know, I, um, some of you have probably been doing the Google, um, learning about this virus, learning about viruses in general. It's amazing how we suddenly become interested in something when it affects us rather than before. Um, but one of the things that I was reminded about this, this week uh, is that viruses always need a host. And so the only way that a virus can move is through a host. It's like a parasite. And so it moves through people, it moves through other cells. And, and, and so I got thinking about this because actually the reality is uh, as in the physical, so it is in the, in the spiritual, um, there's a lot of fear going around. And one of the things that I've noticed is that fear always needs a host. Uh, and, and much like um, you know, a, a virus, it can be contagious, it can be whatever, um, and it can be passed on. Um, but it, fear never just hangs in the air, it always belongs to someone. Uh, but the reality is, in the same way that fear needs a host, I believe that love needs a host. And I believe that peace needs a host. And the challenge that I was left looking this morning um, and, and through the week at Jesus sleeping in the boat is actually going, what was Jesus hosting? And I believe, you know, and you believe, Jesus was hosting the presence of God. Uh, and therefore, he was hosting the peace of God. He was hosting the joy of God. He was hosting the love of God. And therefore, because of what he was hosting, that then determined what he was able to uh, transmit, might I say. You know, like if you've got the virus, you can give the virus away. Because Jesus had peace, because he had love, because he had hope, he was able to give those things away. And, and so 
you know, but the disciples, you look in that circumstance because they were all hosting fear. They, they were the host for, for fear in the boat. They were the ones going, don't you fear that we're going to die? Don't you fear? And so Jesus stands up and he speaks to the waves and he says, be still because he has peace and therefore he can give his peace. But then it says his disciples were still afraid because they were still hosting fear. And so my challenge to you this morning, uh, in uncertain times, in your family, uh, you know, especially if you're a parent, uh, it's, it's amazing how much our kids pick up from us. Uh, if you're an employer, if you're an employee, whatever atmosphere you're finding yourself in, the challenge is what are you hosting? What is it that you are full of? And therefore, what is it that comes out of you? Uh, so to be full of the Holy Spirit, to be full of the peace of God, means that we can give of the peace of God. Which brings me to the second verse that I want to share this morning, which is John chapter 14. Which I think is just an important reminder uh, at this time, because sometimes we we feel like we go, well, how do I get that? How do I, um, you know, how do I get to that place? Thank you, Claire. <laughs> John chapter fourteen says, uh, where am I going from? Verse twenty seven to thirty one. This is Jesus speaking. It says, "My peace I leave with you." I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Other translations say, I do not give as the world gives. That word give is literally the word bequeath. It's the word that we use when we leave something to someone in our will as an inheritance. So Jesus says, I have left you, I have bequeathed you as your inheritance, my peace, not the peace of the world, but my perfect peace. Do not yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Remember what I told you, that you must go, that I must go away, but I promise to come back to you. So if you truly love me, you will be glad for me, since I am returning to my Father, who is greater than I. So when all of these things happen, you will still trust and cling to me. I won't speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this dark world is coming, but he has no power over me, for he has nothing to use against me. I am doing exactly what the Father destined for me to accomplish so that the world will discover how much I love my Father. And so, you know, when we sit in this space and we talk about, you know, with, with everything that's going on, we have the choice to be a host of fear, uh, a host of panic, um, or we can be a host of peace. And we can be a host of peace because peace has already been given to us. Um, you know, you might have read on my Facebook when I was in Auckland this, this week, uh, I was at the supermarket and there was a woman stocking her trolley full of, uh, of toilet paper. And, and, and I still don't get that. I don't understand it. I'm sure there was something that triggered it. Um, but she's stocking her trolley full of toilet paper and she was shouting to the, the person she was shopping with. And she said to them, I'm just worried that everybody is going to get all the toilet paper. All the panic buyers are going to buy up all the toilet paper. And then there's going to be none for the rest of us. See, often what happens with a viral infection is you've caught it before you know you have it. And in this case, 
this woman had become the very thing. She had become host to the very thing that she was trying to avoid. And as Christians, uh, and in fact, as people, you know, can, can I, I'm not into us and them language. As people, uh, all created in the image of God. And, and if you would identify as a Christian, awesome. If you don't, there's an invitation to you this morning. Uh, God opens his door to every single one of us. The book of Acts says God is never far from any one of us. Uh, but as people, we have this opportunity to, as we serve peace, if we choose to host peace and serve peace, we actually get to be the stopping point in those environments. Uh, we get to be the people who, when we come into a place where everybody's panicking or everybody's, you know, in, instead of contracting what they have, you can transmit what you have been given. One voice of peace in a room of panic can very quickly change a situation. And so I want to encourage you, if you have people in your family, uh, if you have people in your workplace, if you have people in your circles and in your communities, uh, to, to share with them, to be a voice of comfort, to be a voice of peace. There's lots of things we don't want people to share at the moment. Germs, handshakes, hugs and kisses. But the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ is absolutely pivotal uh, in this moment, I believe. You know, one of the joys is that we're living in a time right now where we have more in common with absolutely everybody than ever before. One of the things that people say to me that is hard about starting a conversation is what would we, what would we talk about? That's no longer a problem. Uh, I engaged in a conversation on the way home on the on the plane, which was fully packed, by the way. None of this staggered thing they said they were going to do. But there were about four or five of us in an immediate area engaged in conversation, you know, instead of that awkward, like, because we had something to talk about. We had something in common. And so the reality is you can start a conversation simply by saying, how are you doing? Uh, and there are people who are desperately needing some of that connection at the moment. Uh, you know, a while ago at church, we were talking about networks and, and neighborhoods as a church and, and what, how the world has shifted from that and how church is often still functioning in a neighborhood context. And we talked about what happened in Christchurch uh, when the earthquakes happened because all the networks went down and so people started to live in neighborhoods. Uh, and so neighborhood ministry became the goal. This time we're in the opposite uh, the complete opposite end. All of our neighborhoods have essentially gone down because we're not supposed to be close to each other. We can't, you know, we've got neighbors we can talk to over the fence and, um, you know, we can't go and be with our, um, our, our elderly uh, family members and things like that. Um, and so in the absence of neighborhoods, network ministry and network connection becomes such an important thing. And so I think we have to, to really deliberately try. And so we're doing as much as we can uh, as a church to help build those connections. But actually, I also want to put some responsibility on you. Um, call people, people that you sit around in church, people that you see, people that you wonder whether uh, anyone else is contacting. You, you know, if you ring someone and six other people have already rung them, I guarantee you they're not going to be upset. I guarantee you no one's going to go, I just wish these people didn't care so much. Um, so let's do that. Let's keep people connected because actually there's a, there's an on flow effect and this comes right back into our vision as a church. Uh, you know, there, there is a physical health thing going on at the moment, but also within that there is a mental health 
uh, aspect to what we're having to do and there's a spiritual health aspect to what we're having to do and so as church we're determined to take care of the physical the mental and the spiritual health of as many in our community as we can um, and we need your help because church is not just about the pastor it's not just about the staff church is about every single member doing their part and so you're all pastors now congratulations you've been promoted um, on a volunteer basis <laughs> Um, yeah, another verse that, I, that I've got here that I want to share with you, and then I want to get into some, some perhaps more practical things um, that, that I've been thinking about, and, and then we'll be done. Um, I'm not interested in flogging a dead horse for hours. Um, you've got things to do. You've got um, other ways that you might be experiencing with worship. And so, yeah, but Matthew chapter 6. Again, it's a, it's a verse about peace. It's a verse about re reminding ourselves. We have to remind ourselves. It's very easy. Every time the news plays, every time something comes on, to go, goodness me, are we all right? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. It says, This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life, for all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't there more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting for Jacinda here. Don't panic by. They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil, and yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes that you need, even though you live with such little faith? So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things that your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all of these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. For tomorrow will take care of itself. A lot of those words seem way more relevant to us today than they maybe did two weeks ago. And um, you know, one of my favorite words is, uh, scriptures I often quote to Emma is, what man by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Worry does not make anything better. I've never come out of something and went, man, I'm so glad I worried about that. That, that was the helping thing. Uh, we have to have faith in God. Now, faith does not mean we don't exercise good it does not mean that we go, this thing can't touch me. It doesn't mean that faith is a motivator. And another one that I posted on Facebook uh, this week, faith is not an action as much as it is the motivator for an action. I can buy my wife flowers with a self selfish ambition or a selfless ambition. I can, I can, uh, can self-isolate with a fearful ambition or a faith ambition. 
And so faith does not mean not being using common sense. It does not mean not being respectful to the authorities. It doesn't mean not being um, mindful of your neighbors, your family, uh, and those around you. Uh, it simply means uh, not, not responding from a fear place. And, and so, you know, we, we really want to encourage you to do that. We have to have faith. God is our provider. Um, as a church, getting into some of these more practical things, there's a, there's a few things that we're doing. Um, we are we are preparing for you know we're starting to have conversations about the short term and the long term, um, and we're doing this with a, a wisdom and a faith based thing. Obviously, we believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we think, ask, or imagine, and so we believe that actually. His people in this time who pray, who, who look for him, who choose to host him, can actually be a shining light to our community uh, in the way that it affects, uh, it affects you differently. We believe that carrying the Spirit of God means something. However, we are also preparing for every case that the Lord might choose to teach us through. And so one of the things we're looking at at the moment is even the long-term things about how does this affect our finances as a church? How does this affect our ability to be fruitful in the community? Uh, and so we're making plans ar around all of those sorts of things. Um, obviously, we still don't have an approved budget so uh, for 2020, so we have to sort of work out what we're going to do there. Um, but yeah, amazing to be able to see the, um, the fingerprint of God, I believe, in different areas now looking back. Um, obviously our, our vision statement as a church is up in and out our relationship with God, our relationship with each other and our relationship with our community. And so these are the three areas that we are looking uh, at um, in church to go. These are the places that we need to, um, to be continuing to grow you, uh, whether you're sitting in your living room, whether you're gathering with a group, whether, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, we've, we've made a list of all the at-risk people um, in the church. Well, we've, we've taken the whole list of the church that we have on our database and we've identified those that are over a certain age, those who are at risk because of other um, health issues. Um, obviously, there's bound to be one or two on there that we don't know about. And so if you have uh, existing health issues um, that, that may, again, put, put you in that at-risk category, uh, please get in touch with us. Let us know. Um, because we want to we want to make sure that we're caring for you. We've got people getting ready to start making phone calls to those people to see how they're doing, how we can help. We've got people who are prepared to do um, non-contact deliveries of groceries, uh, helping out with all those other little bits and things, you know, medication deliveries. Basically, we want to make sure that those that cannot leave their house still get everything they need. Um, and I know for some of you, that, that's where you're at right now. Um, so again, please let us know. We will be in touch, but feel free to preempt that conversation to send an email. Uh, to yeah, email's probably best, um, but yeah, we'll we'll be in touch as well. You can also call me or Sue. Um, yeah, the just I guess continuing to to pull out of where we want to go so that you have confidence that we have a little bit of a plan. Um, the. Five things that we believe every church member needs to grow to maturity as a Christian. Uh, practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, providential relationships, and pivotal circumstances. 
So these are the five areas that we believe as a church we're responsible for helping to facilitate. Now, the pivotal circumstances one kind of takes care of itself at the moment. We're in a pivotal circumstance. A pivotal circumstance is a moment that will either draw you closer to God or push you further away from God, depending on how you uh, process it, how you deal with it, how you contextualize it. So we're in a pivotal circumstance right now. And we believe that the other four things all help with that. So practical teaching, we're going to continue to do that. The media makes that easy. I'm going to continue. In fact, I'm probably going to do like Sunday and then I'll do other little live stream things because I want you to feel as connected to the life of the church as possible during this time. I want you to feel as connected to me during this time as you can. I want you to feel connected to Jesus as this time as you can. Uh, so we can do that. Private disciplines, you're in a place now where that's going to be big. Um, there's not a combined gathering for worship or prayer. And so worship and prayer is going to have to happen in your home and in your place. Now, we want to resource you for that. We want to help support you in that. So we're working on some devotions, some Bible studies. Uh, we're working on, um, I, I guess, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, we're trying to make our children's curriculum available week by week for that. Um, the other thing that uh, is great, and if you want more information about this, parents, I encourage you to message Emma on Facebook. Um, Arise Kids are doing a television show. Taya was watching it this morning. She loved it. Uh, I know Kingdom City in Perth, which was Sky Sheldon's church, our, our youth worker. Um, they are doing, it's at 2 p.m. New Zealand time on Sundays. They're doing a kids show as well. Um, so there's lots of other good stuff going on. Um, I'm privileged that you're here listening to me this morning instead of Bill Johnson or Brian Houston or someone else around the world. Uh, but we have access to all of these things. But also, one of the things that we're going to do, probably starting next week as a church, is we're going to go on the Sacred Pathways course. Uh, which is a book, and it's written all about the uh, different worship pathways. So for, for some of you, music is the way you connect with God. Uh, and that's great. That's part of one of my worship pathways. Um, but some people, music is absolutely the worst. Some people, it's creation. Some people, it's solitude. Some people, it's got to be a group. That's going to be interesting. Uh, some people, it's um, traditionalism. Some you know, There's all sorts of different ways that we can connect with God. And so while you're sitting at your homes, we're going to go through this together over the next couple of weeks and then encourage you to, by giving you the tools to experiment with a different way of doing worship in your home. Uh, it might be, or, you know, out, out in nature. Um, and so we're going to do that together. And I believe that actually through that, we're going to become personally closer with God. Sometimes it's easy to be close with God when you're with a group of Christians. But I believe that actually what we're going to see here is coming closer to God uh, in, in our own homes and in our own person. And I think that's going to be great. Uh, so, yeah, private discipline is going to be a really important thing. Um, oh, I'll also add to that the the YouVersion Bible app uh, on, on the App Store. If, if you don't have it, it's amazing. It's got all sorts of devotions. It's got all sorts of videos. It's got multiple translations of the Bible. Uh, there's things on there that are appropriate for kids, for young adults, for adults, for elderly, everything in between. Um, and there's opportunities to do group Bible studies, so to do group readings together. You can invite people, and so you can all be reading the same thing, commenting on the same thing, studying the same thing. So, you know, politely, there's really no excuse for us to be cut off from our private disciplines in this season. Number three is personal ministry. 
uh, again, there's plenty of opportunity for you to do that. Um, in your own home, first and foremost, there will be people in your family who will need ministry uh, in your own whanau. And so I encourage you, again, pick up the phone call. It's all ministry. Um, write letters. You know, th There's amazing things that we can do. One of the things that we want to do to make this accessible as well, um, and this builds into the, the fourth one, which is providential relationships. Uh, so we do, Social isolation is a bad term because actually, although we need to physically isolate ourselves, we want people to remain as socially connected as possible. And so the ways that we're doing that, we have a Facebook page, which you're probably watching this on now. The page is our public presence uh, to our community. We also have a Baptist uh, community church group. That one is private, however, not exclusive. Others can join as well. Um, but that's a place where you can comment, you can post, you can say, hey, I need prayer for this. You can say, um, I've been thinking about this. So you can actually share your own Bible studies. You can share your own devotional thoughts. Uh, you might use this opportunity to write poetry, paint pictures, whatever. Share them with us. All of these things create community. And so let's do that. Uh, if you haven't already joined that, I uh, think you can access it from the page. There's a bit somewhere there that says Blenheim Baptist Community Church Group. So, so look for that. We may even try and send another link out through the email as well. Um, but all of that's ministry to each other. Basically... Um, Ministry does not have to be sitting in front of a camera and preaching. Ministry is when we love one another. Ministry is when we protect and look out for one another. It's when we encourage one another. Uh, it's when we, it's just when we share life. Um, and actually, you know, there's a kind of thing that I'm seeing uh, here at the moment that's kind of a cool opportunity. I had a conversation with Anna Harper uh, probably about a year ago. And one of the things we were talking about is that Sunday morning, the neighbour next door has just started his boat and had a heart attack. <laughs> um, the Sorry, <laughs> let me find my train of thought here. Uh, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? It's gone completely out of my head. That, that's amazing. Someone messaged me, tell me what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, why can't I think of it? Come on, somebody, help me out here. This is your job. This is this is why we gather together. Taylor will come through and tell me any minute, probably. Ah, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Anna and Harper and I were having a conversation about a year ago, and one of the things we were saying in that was, you know, Sunday morning church has been done the way that it's been done. For, for so long, you know, we, we meet, uh, we sing songs, the songs have changed and certain things have changed, but the overall formula has kind of remained the same. And actually we were just talking about going, actually does it serve, it serves our needs. Quite a, quite a few of us love coming and quite a few of us would hate to lose it because we like what that is. But actually maybe it's time to look at something that connects with our church better. Uh, maybe it's time to look at something that connects with our, our, our not our church, our community better. What, what you know, where else do you on a Sunday morning give up your time, come in? And so, but the big fear that I sort of had in that conversation is going, when you take Sunday morning the way it's been done off people, not everyone's going to like that. Um, guess what? We don't have a choice. 
And so we have to experiment and we have to experience what church looks like in a new way. Uh, in the book of Acts, there's a story about the disciples. Because Jesus had told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what did they do? They all stayed right where they were. And persecution broke out. People started to, you know, hate these guys and, and give them a hard time. And the result of that was that they spread. They moved across the world. And as they moved, the message of hope, the message of grace, the message of peace moved with them. And so I think, and, and, and hear me, I am not saying that God sent the coronavirus. And anyone else that tells you that, I, I, would, I would rebuke strongly. Uh, what I am saying is that the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And the Bible also says that what the enemy means for harm, God is capable of using for good. And so I do not believe that God sent the coronavirus to punish the world or to hurt the world or to harm your loved ones or to create stress or anything like that. But I do believe that this could be the catalyst, if we let it, to actually spread the gospel to the world. To, to take it out. I mean, look, how many times have we said in the last 12 months, we want to do church outside the four walls. Well, here we are. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. I see a real opportunity in that. I don't want to uh, in that. I don't want to gloss over the seriousness of the situation at all. But I want to continue to be a voice of hope, a voice of optimism, and a voice of encouragement for you. And um, so that uh, that's essentially all the notes that I had this morning, everything that I wanted to share. Um, I've got a deep love for, for all of you. It's so funny how I, I guess how I felt in the last couple of days to just go, oh, I, feel, I feel like I'm cut off from my, from my people, from my family. And so um, I, I want to um, be able to connect with you. And so please re respond to my emails. Um, send me emails. You don't have to wait for me. I'm, you know, text me, call me, whatever. I want to do family together. And um, a beautiful woman just entered the room. I think I've been visited by an angel. And she was really hoping I wasn't going to say anything. Um, yeah, so, so do that. Uh, while I'm here, does anybody have any questions in the comment section or anything they want to add, anything they want to, um, anything they want to know? Um, otherwise, we'll, uh, it's 10.39, quick church services now, eh? And, um, um, yeah. I have to wait 20 seconds awkwardly to see if anyone types anything, so don't sit around and muck around. last year as a church about the gospel uh, and we talked about how God comes to set us free from our fear from our shame and from our guilt and often sometimes when we're preaching the gospel um, we just preach the guilt part and actually sometimes in preaching the guilt part we use shame and fear as a weapon and so we don't actually set people free. We put them under bondage. And so can I just say, for those of you who are keen evangelists, for those of you who are sharing your faith, and actually I hope to, to some extent we're all sharing our faith in this time, but 
Let me remind you, Jesus came to set us free from our fear, free from our shame, and free from our guilt. And so if you are using this opportunity to leverage your to leverage someone's fear for your agenda, you're actually not preaching the gospel. Uh, because the gospel is not one of fear, and it doesn't use fear. It fights against fear. Uh, and so do not use someone else's uncomfortable. You know, don't go doing the whole, well, what happens if, what, you know, it, it's not Jesus. I never see Jesus do that um, in the Bible, except with stubborn religious people. <laughs> so instead, bring a message that hosts peace, that hosts love, that hosts joy, and then transmits it to the world. But wash your hands, cough into your elbows, and uh, what are the other things we're supposed to do? Stay a meter away from, from each other, um, and let us know if there's anything we can do to help, especially if you're um, at risk and isolated. Uh, Claire's just asked um, if we're able to help, who should we contact? Uh, the best thing would be to either email admin at blenheimbaptist.org.nz, or you can email me, Shannon, spelled S-H-A-N-A-N, at blenheimbaptist.org.nz. Um, yeah, if, if you're able to help, if you just let us know what you'd be willing to do, I guess, if you can do deliveries, if you can do phone calls. We're going to be looking for a team of probably half a dozen to a dozen people who can help make some phone calls for us. Um, yeah, so, very cool. Anything else? Uh, Barbara, I love you, man. Um, oh, yeah, uh, we will be praying for you guys and for Bailey as well. Many of you will remember Bailey. She was um, one of our uh, Love Has a Name uh, guests a few years ago. She has cerebral palsy and she's in a wheelchair. So she's, um, yeah, she'd be a, a, a immunocompromised person. So, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. We, we love having you with us. And, um, you know, please keep in touch and we'll be praying for you and your family uh, along with everybody else. Uh, Barb, the Sacred Pathways website, I'm not 100% sure. We're still just finalizing all of those details. Um, there's a chance, there's a book. We're looking at whether we buy a book for every single person um, or whether we create individual devotionals. Um, I'll let you know. Uh, hey, Annabelle Lewis is watching. You're a little late, but the joy of this video is you can go back to the beginning. So good to have you here. Uh, hope you've had fun. Um, yeah, let me pray for you as we go, eh? God, I just want to thank you for, again, this time this morning. And Lord, there's a, there's a sense of excitement uh, in my heart. And Lord, I just pray that we would be so full of your presence that fear would have no room. And Lord, that we would take the peace that you have given us. That we would take the hope and the life and the joy that you have given us. And in a world where everybody's worried about transmitting a virus, instead we would transmit the power of Jesus. Uh, to those in our homes, to those in our workplaces, to those in our community, and through the joys of modern technology, perhaps even to those in the world. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we pray for many more exciting times together in our homes and across this region, in Jesus' name. Amen. Very cool. Hey, thanks so much, guys, for um, tuning in. Uh, um, yeah, it's been cool to hang out with you. I feel a little bit more connected than I did uh, 12 hours ago. So, um, yeah, God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the stream.